Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why, why are you yelling at me? Whatever, make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Schaefer. My boy's awake and smart. This is Happer and Schaefer. Welcome back. Hour number two of Happer and Schaefer here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Connor Happer, Mike Schaefer with you. Uh, NFL reaction, overreaction here in just a little bit. Uh, we got to talk about Rico's Bengals. They are a topic yeah. on Yeah, now NFL. we can talk about them. Yeah, now we can talk about Before, them. Before, we weren't going to talk about them. Hey, last, last week, Rico took a victory lap on us, and this yeah. week, we'll take a victory lap on him. No, this week Rico's car is out of you know gas, and he's yeah. just standing on the side of the road. It's like, well, what happened? With to my no cell lap? reception. Waiting for Mike White to pick him up. <laughs> Let's take a phone call to uh, start off the nine o'clock hour from Brad. Hi, Brad. Brad, did we lose Brad? I was told that Brad wanted to talk more about the whole monkey pole assassin story. <laughs> well. Weren't we told that Brad... I would have been happy to. We were told that Brad had his own monkey story that involved children. Is that true? That's, that's what I thought Rico said. Rico, try and convey the information that Brad was going to convey. He did not tell me anything of what he was going to tell us. He just said that he, Maybe he was wanted to he wanted to talk about the monkeys and the kids. And he said something to the effect of a story. Yeah. I don't know if it was an actual story. Maybe it was Dominique pranking you again. It was not Dominique. <laughs> Although Dominique has called other a lot. Dominique, there was a real Dominique that called in yesterday. But you yeah. guys have to know, there's this other Dominique who doesn't really listen to the show. He just found a number to no, call. No, he does. I heard you guys in the background yesterday, and people answer every time, and they're like, and Dominique's just like, "Hey, I want to talk," but he doesn't really want to talk. And th- so he can't. He Rico let him on the air one time, and I was like, "How are you doing?" And he was like, "I'm good. How are you?" <laughs> And we just talked. He called like 15 times during early break, apparently. That's going to happen again. I told him he so, can only call once. So I'm sorry we missed out on the How's that uh, going? Brad conversation. <laughs> it's not going good. <laughs> that's, that's a good update. All right. Speaking of things not going good. Nebraska, Nebraska football? football. Ah. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so I had another... Entry into this category. Oh no! Oh, we're in the sheets. We are. We are kind of in the sheets. Yeah. So as I've mentioned before, the difficulty surrounding this the conversation with Nebraska football for me is not so much that they've lost all these one score games, and they have. They're five and eighteen in one score games, um, and that's you know. You could look back at the end of a tenure or end of a year and say, wow, that's really your record in one-score games? There's probably some bad luck factored in there. And you could even things out and whatever it might be. And that would be okay if if this stat didn't exist. Nebraska, with a loss on Saturday, is now, in the Scott Frost era, 13-10 13-10 and 10 in games in which they were the betting favorite. Oh. And, and, and I know that doesn't sound that bad, 
But let me put it to you this way. They've only won almost 50% of the games in which they were supposed to win. Think about Does it this that way. sound a little bit worse? They're 3-3 three and three in that stat this year. That's correct. So <laughs> they are exactly five hundred. So well, you're you're talking about well, they just got to show progress. They just got to get to a bowl game. They just got to do this. They got a tough schedule. Six games they were favored in five of those six games. They were favored by more than a touchdown, or at least by a touchdown. Nine and a half against Illinois. Big against Fordham. Big against Buffalo. Seven against Minnesota and seven and a half against Purdue? Uh, it wasn't seven against Minnesota. It was Northwestern. Northwestern was like 11. Oh, that? yeah. They actually won that game. And then... Uh, it was <laughs> they did. Four, they against, did. four against Minnesota. How did you forget about Nebraska's last win? Yes. They've now... Uh, they've lost three straight since then. Um, yeah. And they're also good at... So this is where the tricky part comes in. They're also good at losing games that they're supposed to lose, but also covering in them. That's where the close games factor in here. So just just to go through these, here's all the games, every single one of them that Scott Frost's teams have been favored in. 2018 Colorado. Loss. Troy. Loss. Minnesota. Win. Bethune-Cookman. Win. Illinois. Win. Michigan State. Win. They ended up being slight favorites in that game. I gave it to them, but that that one very easily could have gone the other so way. So that was four and three in the first year. Four and two. Four and two in the first, in the first year. Which all right, we're beating the teams we're supposed to. Four we're straight wins at the end. Of we're it. competing against the teams we're not. That's why that was exactly the feeling in 2018, 2019. South Alabama win, barely. Colorado Well, they lost. That's correct. Northern Illinois. Win. Illinois. Win. Northwestern. Loss. Win. It was a win. They won that year. It was a win. Yes. Field goal. Lane McCallum. <laughs> Not lead Billy guy. So they're four and one on this already, right? This year. Yeah. yeah. In 2019. So that's eight. And they started eight and three. But there's more. Their first 11. Yep. Indiana. Loss. Purdue. Loss. Maryland. Nine and five. All right. So nine and five after 2019, which is still bad, still bad. Yeah. Still so bad. they they basically went four and two, five and three. Still bad. 2020, there were three of them. They lost two of them. Illinois loss. Minnesota loss. Rutgers win. 2021, they've been favored. At, for all the talk about this difficult schedule, three and three, they have been favored six times. They have been the betting favorite six times. They have they they should have by now had six wins, according to what the schedule gave them. Illinois, are you gonna do your thing? Oh, sorry, yeah. lots. Illinois, Fordham, win. Buffalo, win. Northwestern, win. Minnesota, loss. Purdue, loss. That brings us to thirteen and ten. Overall, outright, outright, not against the spread, outright. These are teams that you are supposed to beat. This will ultimately be the reason that Scott Frost gets fired, if he gets fired. For me, I'd like th- this is my point, point of demarcation. I can deal with the, with the stuff that, that happened this year up until Minnesota and Purdue. 
And like Illinois is unforgivable, but it was in the it was in the past at that point. They yeah. had almost made us forget forgot. Well, they looked like a different team for six it, games after that. They looked like a different they looked like a different team. And it was like, okay, week zero wonkness, they, whatever. They took care of business against Fordham and Buffalo and Northwestern. And you played close against Michigan, Michigan State, and Oklahoma, yep. and there were still moments where you could have got over the hump in that game. Like we, there's stuff to talk about in there, but that stuff's all acceptable. You can't lose to teams you're not supposed to lose to, and this is this is contextual too. This is not just like some random guy saying Nebraska should win today. This is including everything. This yep. is including all of Nebraska's flaws, their talent deficiencies, how good or bad they are. Like this includes all of that. And they lose these games. This is the point of no return for me. Yeah. You just you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. For reference, I went back and did this for Mike Riley's tenure. His record wasn't good either, but it was a whole hell of a lot better than it is here. Fifteen and five. Yep. Mike Riley won 75% of the games that he was supposed to win. It's not good enough, but it was but it was more than it is here. Yeah, so the the thing that is just And most... by the way, we we could do one more oh, thi sure. thing here too. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. We could do it against Power 5 teams if you want to too. So you could take Northern Illinois, Bethune-Cookman, South Alabama, Fordham, Fordham, Buffalo. and then Troy, <laughs> which is a group of five team. I mean that game. So if you if you if you take all that out, Nebraska's actually how magnanimous of you. You're taking the Troy one out. Seven and nine. Yeah. No, it's against power five teams that you were favored to win the game in. I I think so. You you said that that includes all of Nebraska's flaws, the talent, all of that. Yes. Those lines also include the talent disparity, correct, of Nebraska and those other programs. Like that's that's one of the things that why I don't ever really want to talk about the talent equation is I don't feel like Nebraska goes into these games at a disadvantage compared to their opponents and the people who do this for a living that set lines for a living that research these teams that develop these formulas they agree with that. Correct. Even so with all it doesn't matter how you feel specifically about Nebraska's third wide receiver or their defensive end or whatever. People that objectively are supposed to set these things and look at the value of these teams and rank them out believe Nebraska to have more talent, to be superior on a neutral field, in addition to whatever the home game is supposed to give you. Mm -hmm. And they're still 7-9. and nine. And with the history, too, with the history of them not being good in these types of right. games. They're still like, yeah, actually, you know what? I feel like today's the day. They're just like us. Do you? <laughs> they're, they're, they're just like us. They're like, yeah, okay, I like the idea of making Nebraska seven-point favorites today. How Do stupid. You, did you realize Nebraska never led against Purdue, Minnesota, or Illinois in the fourth quarter at any point in time in those games? But they led against both Michigan and Michigan State. <laughs> Like that's another thing. I did like, not realize that. I don't, I don't know how other people feel about this, but it's it's one thing. Okay, you lose a game, you have a lead, whatever. In the fourth quarter, like maybe it, you feel better if you never have the lead and then don't blow it. But going into the fourth quarter in every one of those games, you were trailing. Like you were chasing these teams. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they they 
popped up and caught you at the very end or anything. Right. It wasn't like there was some bizarre play that, that turned it in well, the fourth quarter. Each of them, if we're talking about Illinois, Purdue, and Minnesota, each of them had the real opportunity to get ugly. Well, they were trailing by double digits in the I fourth mean, quarter in every one of those games. You were down 30-9 to nine against yep. Illinois at one point. You were... If not for a double reverse flea flicker, going to be down by three scores in the first half, I think. They lost 30-23 to to Minnesota, right? 30-22? 30-23? to Yeah, 30-22 to yeah, 30, 30 to against Illinois. Yeah. 30-23 to against Minnesota. Wow, and, shocking. And you were down 14 when Bryce Williams scored that touchdown. Yep. And so they, they trail by double digits in every and, one of those fourth quarters. And Purdue was up by 10 on Saturday. 11. They were up by more than 10, weren't they? Yeah, they were up by 11. 11, yeah. Because yeah. then Nebraska scored, didn't get the two, and they lost 28. So you're right. They were down by double digits in the second half of each of those games. Which is its own sort of damning thing in right. my mind. Um, It's just the deeper you sort of dive into these numbers, the harder it is to listen. And we, we talk about this, you know, we've talked about this multiple times when it's come up. I wrote about it after the Oklahoma game. And it's it baffles me that this is still a thing that that is being said. Right. No one wants to hear the word close. They just don't. I understand that Scott Frost answers questions as he is asked of them, and he might believe that they're close because he's in it every day. But you don't get to say that you're close when you can't show any consistency whatsoever. Yeah. Because close implies that you're the team that played against Oklahoma or Michigan State. In Michigan. And we're just erasing everything And it, it implies that that's the version of you that's real. Not the one that doesn't show up for the first half against Minnesota or can't figure out what it's doing in the second half against Purdue or completely loses its mind for 12 minutes in the second quarter against Illinois. Yeah. You don't get to pretend like that doesn't exist. It's three times. The, the, it's as many times as they have hung with the other team. Exactly. They're, they're so massively inconsistent that the word close can't even apply. Close to me signifies that you have built something that you at least are always X. Nebraska's never X. 100%. And I would have gone along with that they're argument. They're freaking, you know, Y, X. Sorry, I just said they're X. They're, they're Y, they're <laughs> Z, they're A, they're W. I, I, like, I just can't handle the word close. It's such a crutch. It's such a freaking carrot to a fan base that desperately wants to believe it. And it's not true. It's just not. There's very little about this team that's close. A lot of it is a mirage. The defense isn't dominant. They're not close to being a dominant defense. They're not a bad defense. The quarterback play isn't close to being over the hump. It's still a mess. The running game, for as much as Ramir Johnson has stabilized it, is far closer to being a throw your hands in the air every week than it is something you can count yep. on. Yep. The only thing that you're close with is that you have a you have, I think, good pass catchers. I mean, I, I one of the things I took away from that Purdue game is I wish that he could stay healthier. Omar Manning is slowly evolving into a better and better wide receiver to the point where I think he's the best wide receiver on their team. No, he's pretty consistent, yeah. and they don't always target him enough. By the and way, he did have all, a big drop. Where's Oliver Martin? Okay. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how you go from being the guy that has a hundred and some yards right. to I think he he had a catch when they were coming back. They were down by eleven, and it was just a simple get it over the middle. He made a couple guys miss. Like this has been there. Yeah, 
but it hasn't. Here's Scott Frost yesterday, and th this is one of them. There's there's a lot of stuff now that we listen to um, that's just like, man, it's it's kind of getting hard to hear this. This is the one for me yesterday. It to happen wins. I think we should. No, we got to get the wins. The wins take care of everything, and um, despite all the improvement that I've seen, that hasn't improved. And um, you know, we've had a, a, a tough schedule and played some really good teams. Got to get them done. And we've been so close, got to get them done. And, and that's the nature of the business. I understand that. The kids understand that. Um, and we'll keep fighting every day to, to make it happen. All right, so I almost had to stop that about six times. First of all, tough schedule, you've been favored six times, and you've won three. you played nine games. If you just did your job, you'd be six and three right now. Right. And really, really, you'd be seven and two. The other thing is something that I've talked a lot about before. If the message to everybody, including us, in the media, the fans, whatever it is, the players too, if the message is we're so close, all we need to do differently is get the wins, as it said here. It to happen wins. I think we should. No, we got to get the wins. The wins take care of everything. Okay, the wins take care of everything. That is implying that everything we're doing right now is fine yep. and that we just have to leave it up to some sort of mythical, magical fate for it, us it, to get the wins. It goes back to everything we are doing, that you... We are doing everything that is necessary for wins. We just don't have them. And that's not true. Yeah. That's just not true. It goes back to, if, if you remember this, after the Illinois game... You really clued in on this, and you were very, very upset by it. But the the idea of I think I don't I don't know the exact quote, but Scott Frost said they just need a break, or they just need something to go yeah. right for them. Yep. And you had kind of a fantastic rant about how you don't you know it's Snake not just it's Snake not pit. just going to happen. Snake pit, right? You know, it's not just going to happen for you. You have to like make it happen. You have to create it to happen. It and it goes along with this, like if. The coaching staff over there, if Scott Frost represents the idea that they think what they're doing is correct, then I don't know what anyone yeah. would expect to I mean, see different. What, in what else would we have expected yesterday? They doubled down on everything yeah. again. It was like, yeah, no, we just got to keep staying the past, stay in the course, stay in the course, do the you know that that entire thing. And I'm not saying that you have to make wholesale, complete right. tear down changes in the middle of the season. That's tough to do midstream but they obviously have to do something different to try something different um like it, it, scott says on the text line yeah he said over and over it comes down to making one play that's that's what he's waiting for waiting that's the key word they're waiting for something to happen and that's not gonna get you anywhere where did where did nebraska football along this season become the one play team there was more than one play that wrecked the game against Purdue. Yeah, maybe that stat that everybody was... The stupid yeah. one that Reddit, the college football yeah. Reddit one would tweet It's like out. Nebraska's one play away from being 6-0 and or whatever it was. Like, I, maybe that seeped in. I don't know. If you just randomly picked a game that they have lost this year, couldn't you and I sit here and come up with 10 plays that, that right. obviously didn't go well? Yeah. And could have affected the outcome. And once again, those aren't the games I have an issue with. It's these. 
Yeah. It's these. What? Well, the, the Purdue's, the Minnesota's, I, the Yeah, Illinois. I'm talking about any of them, any of their losses, any of the six. Like, it, it's never just one thing. As, as much as that one punt against Michigan State hurt, they got the ball back. Right. They had a chance to win. They had the ball before they even had to punt it. And then they had overtime. Like they had like four chances in that. Don't game. do the one play thing. It's just not true. It's never going to be true. You don't have <laughs> how many plays were run on Saturday? Like 120 something. Right. Like there wasn't. It wasn't just a pick six. It wasn't just a flip interception. So if, if that's really it what wasn't we're just for. Samari Toure and Adrian not connecting on right before half. It, it, Michigan State game is a great example. If that's really what we're waiting for, just one play, one one time to flip it, like. If that's the case, they've gone about 0 for 36 in potential plays that would have changed, quote-unquote, their season. (laughs) I I don't know what the actual number is, but it was about 8 to 10 in that Michigan State game where it's like, yeah, we we could have won that game and beat a top-20 team and we would have been off and running by now because it's the wins. It's the wins that matter. Let me flip it the other way. Well, if it Nebraska, is the wins that matter. If Nebraska beats Michigan State in Michigan, do you think they lose to Purdue and, and Minnesota? I don't have any confidence to say that they wouldn't. Right. Still. They're not a consistent team. There's nothing about them that's consistent from week in and week out. Starting with their star player, working all the way through the rest of the roster. Some They're not even consistent from quarter to quarter. I mean, like, they ran the ball effectively very well in the first half against Purdue. You ask these players, like, what did Purdue change? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jock Yant, like, was asked what Purdue changed with their run defense, and he basically said nothing. He's like, they didn't do anything different. Right. And and Frost's thing on it was, well, we didn't have the ball enough. You had the ball in the lead three different times. You know how you didn't have the ball enough? You didn't get enough first downs. That's how you keep the ball. So he it, it was like, I mean, Parker explained it perfectly in the last hour. But his response to that, that was one of the biggest things I keyed in on after the game. His response to that, the Yant question, sounded like they were approaching the second half as if they were down by two touchdowns. Because he talked about not having the ball, and he talked about Ramir needing to be in there for pass blocking. They were up by three. They were winning. Like, how... I I I don't I'm not gonna pretend like I would have been there in the moment and just like blurted that out. It's like Scott, you were up by three, you were winning, you didn't have to go pass pro, <laughs> like yeah. you you just didn't. And even if you were down by four, which you spent some time in the second half down by four, you still didn't have to do it because it's a one score game. You could still do your thing and run. It was also a winnable game. <laughs> I the the logic there is is failing to connect for me. No, I don't think you're alone. I and this is why like sorry. We had a winnable game. This is why the conversations about what should happen here it, it you know, I I do believe that they've made progress. I do believe that yeah. in a lot of ways they're, they're better than better. they were in 2018 and certainly 2019. But the big picture element of it like, I just have a really tough time. Okay, you make your staff changes. You come back for 2022. You're probably going to have a different quarterback. Are you still going to be a really inconsistent team that no one can trust week in and week out? Like, why? what changes? According to this, I mean, they're 
one, two, three, four, five. They're four and five over their last nine games in which they were betting favorites. Yeah. So why would anyone? Why would anyone trust that it's going to be different? Like so many people that want him to stay or the idea that, well, they'll finally have a winnable schedule. One, they've had winnable schedules. Two, as we just dis- dissected right there, they're three and three in the games in which they were favored. Just because you're favored doesn't mean that it's going to be a win. Right. So if that is true, what does it matter what schedule they're playing? We had a winnable game. So I uh, just the schedule's not a valid excuse. It isn't. There's they they've had six out of their nine games have been they've been the favorite in. Right. And yeah, it's going to get tough with Ohio State and Wisconsin and Iowa. You know what Scott Frost was brought here to do? Win those games as well as win against Purdue. And these aren't and like, win against Minnesota. These aren't one point and favorite. win against Illinois. So they'll they'll probably end up being underdogs in each of their final three. Would yep. be my guess. So but, it'll be a six and six. Six favored, six not. Which is what everybody said you were supposed to do before the year. Right. Also, it, it's not just like, eh, well, you know, they were they were a couple point favorites. Like, that's a toss-up game. You were nine and a half against Illinois, four against Minnesota, and seven and a half against Purdue. And you lost all three of those games. You took care of business against Buffalo, Fordham, and Northwestern, yeah. which is nice. And then the reverse side of this, in the games in which, okay, you're six and six, they were a field goal underdog to Michigan State or three point three and a half points. Yep. Two and a half against Michigan, I think, is where that one closed. I think it ended at three. Okay. And then twenty two and a half against Oklahoma. I don't know that either Wisconsin or Iowa for as well as Wisconsin is playing. It's less than a touchdown. Yeah. It's less than a touchdown. So this is the one time this year well, throwing Oklahoma. Twice this year Nebraska's been a multi score underdog. Mm -hmm. So there's an expectation you can steal a game in those two. So in theory, the six and six could have been eight and four, but it's not because they're not consistent because they're not a team that they is gave close. Me Minnesota, Illinois, and Purdue. They're not close. Minnesota, like once again, if if they go the route of of firing them or whatever it is, that's it for like that. That's when those are the things you look back at. It. They can't win against Purdue, Minnesota, and Illinois. They've beaten them each once in four years. Illinois, they've beaten twice. Illinois, they've beaten twice. Yeah. Minnesota once. Purdue once. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's it. <laughs> like, that's that's where you're you're supposed to be better than that, plain and simple. You're just supposed to be better than that. Oh, yeah, and then, by the way, on top of that, you haven't beaten Wisconsin or Iowa at all. And those are the teams that you're, you know, you're supposed to be comparing and, yourself to. By the way, next year you have no idea what your offense looks like because you yeah. don't have a running back, you right. don't have an offensive line, you don't have a quarterback. Uh, off the text line, so I've seen this a lot. We can we'll keep going here for another ten minutes and then we'll finish out the hour with um, reaction over reaction. Lenot California says this. Uh, touch on Scott Frost's record going into a bye week and coming out of a bye week. It they haven't won. I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I people are kind of making something out of that this week. I don't particularly care really i just i sent that out last week as just a you know if this holds nebraska is going to be three and nine type of thing and it's just some kind of people saw what that looked like it's i guess 
The only part of it that's damning is coming out of a bye. You probably should be better. And I think generally Nebraska has played better coming out of a bye. They've done the same thing each time. It's a one-score loss, right? They've lost. Now, this week is probably – this past week is probably Uh, an exception to that. Okay, so who were their post-bye opponent? They didn't have a bye in 2018. Indiana, Wisconsin, 19. Yeah. Yep. And And Indiana was a game that it felt like they could have won, didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Same Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, it was a late cover, but they they had they like they figured out the whole Dietrich Mills thing. They played really well in that game. Yeah. They had a horrendous special teams moment. Yep, and For then sure. the defense wasn't great, uh, but the the offense actually was humming. They just kept getting to you know as would be predicted for the rest of eternity <laughs> would get inside the thirty and then completely not be able to move the ball. Right. So. Um, yeah, that's it's not much. Like I, I, I'm that's not the thing that I'm harping on after yeah. this game. And so, like, how could you look like this coming out of a bye? It's like, how could you look like this? Also, I think Corey mentioned this earlier. Like, <laughs> and I got this a lot in the responses when I tweeted that out last week. They're fifteen and twenty six. They're not going to be very good in any stat category. Yeah. In any split, you split it out to be. You know what I mean? It's like it's not going to look very good. So, yeah. it, Well, that's that's of itself is its own value, though, because there's really, you know, if you're close, you're not 15 and 26. That's, it's just it's hard to take the words that get said that describe this program by those in it sometimes yes. at any it's sort of realistic. value. Because everything, every evidence point, would argue otherwise. But the thing is, like, they... And we're going to get a phone call here in a second, but... Maybe this is the most, like, startling part of it, I guess, when we psychoanalyze it. Like, they believe... I think he believes that. I think he believes that. Like, I'm I don't, sure, because I don't, they think that they're the team that lost close to Michigan and Michigan State. Right, like, I don't think he's up there... And we got this once on the text line. Like, I don't think he's up there just saying stuff or like lying yeah. or trying to make his case for why he should stay or whatever it is. I think they really believe that. And the fact that they really believe that they are close is pretty startling. It's 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 a you've mentioned this a lot over the last 3 years. They just don't do a very good job of self-analyzing. And, and like they, you know, like do you think some of it's tunnel they, vision too? They look at themselves in the mirror, and we they don't see the same things that we see. They project what they want to see. They don't filter. They they filter out the negative probably more. And I think when you're in situations like that, I mean, there's a million cliches for it, but they're basically in a fog, and they they think they are one thing, and when the fog lifts, they're very obviously something else. And it's difficult to accept, I think, for as much time and effort and work as you put in over there. And then guys like Ben Stilley and JoJo Doman and Austin Allen, as much time and effort as they put into themselves to being at the point where they're going to be, you know, have the opportunity to play on Sundays and they play for this team that just cannot get it done. It's easier to think that you're snake bit than it is to just think that you're bad. It's easier to think that you're close than to realize that you actually are pretty far away from anything. It's much easier to trick yourself than it is to be honest, I think. Yep. And that's probably where they're at. 
Let's take a phone call. <laughs> we had, by the way, I like people like Ubaldo on the text line who are just sending in their random like offensive coordinator and head coach combos. Very good. Uh, Dave is with us on the phone now. Hi, Dave. Hey, Connor. Hey, Mike. Hey, your guys' podcast I listened to yesterday was really good. I just wanted to say that. But Thanks. Hey, uh, Connor, remember I dropped off Azoli's and said I bet the under? Yes, I do. Well, uh, well I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i bring a lot of food back when I'm back in Lincoln to, to celebrate my uh, <laughs> under six wins again for like the fifth time out of seven years. So, oh. But anyway, hey, you know what? When I ran for Nike out of college and I uh, finished third and I, our team rep called to see how I did and I said, well, I was close to first. <laughs> after, he, after he yelled at me for about three or four minutes and cussed at me and said, I never want to hear you say the word close again, he goes, we're not paying you $4,000 a month and giving you all these uh, shoes and clothes and socks and, you know, free travel to be close. Do you understand me? And I said, yes, sir. And that's the last time I ever said close. <laughs> but uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know. You can believe what you want to believe, but ultimately the results are, they kind of speak for themselves yeah. at the end of the day. All right. Um, appreciate you guys once again, 402-464-5685. There's one more thing that I want to, we, we're also getting a lot of beating a dead horse gifs on the on the text line. Look, man, if you don't want to talk about Nebraska football, then they're just at 93.7 the ticket, probably not the right place for you. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Do those people realize there's still three games left? <laughs> and there's actually four weeks for those three games? Are they aware of this? Well, they're close to being aware. All right. Um, close. There's one more thing that I want to touch on in the 10 o'clock hour. We'll do that. We'll come back with NFL Reaction Overreaction next. Follow Connor and Mike on Twitter. At Connor Happer. At Mike J. Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer.